Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Hi, I'm Tom Russell with Furniture Today, and I'm here with Pal Slaughter, also of Furniture Today. We want to welcome our guests to this week's edition of The Home Front which again is part of the On the Record podcast series at Furniture Today. Pal, how are you? Doing well. Excited about our guest today. He's going to have a perspective on both retail and manufacturing. That's for sure. And at this point, we'd like to welcome our guest this week, who is Rob Spillman, Chairman and CEO of Bassett Furniture Industries. Rob, welcome and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to do this with us. My, my pleasure, Tom and Powell, and look forward to our conversation. Yes, sir. So um, we know this has been a challenging year for everybody. How has um, Bassett um, fared uh, throughout this entire COVID-19 pandemic and post, I guess, post-pandemic, although we really are still in it? Well, we only have in half an hour, so I, I'll have to abridge uh, <laughs> right. a, uh, what's been a crazy uh, year. We first, of course, I remember the weekend uh, prior to Monday, March 16th, when it really began to uh, become apparent how devastating this pandemic could be for the country, the world people, our nation, yeah, and our business. And so uh, we, of course, did, like many others uh, that I'm sure you've encountered, uh, basically went into the fetal position uh, and tried to uh, weather the storm. And the, and the storm was characterized by no business coming in or virtually no business. And uh, that uh, Friday, March the 20th, we closed all our stores after hand-wringing all week. And and then you had all the uh, statewide mandates to deal with and all the states were in. Mm -hmm. We tried to keep the factories going for a couple of weeks. We paid our folks basically to not work uh, for a couple weeks and thought we could bring them back. Uh, but that soon became uh, a reality that that wasn't going to go to work for the long term. So we began to have furloughs and, and all of those kind of things. And uh, of course, we had landlords out there that wanted rent and we had uh, vendors that wanted to be paid and uh, all of this stuff and, and no uh, cash coming in. Mm-hmm. Or, or very little for uh, several weeks. And uh, we dealt with that and, and looked at every position and everything that we did uh, in a day-to-day basis and evaluated whether it was absolutely essential or not. And, and, and we also sent everybody 
from the office here in Bassett, Virginia, home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about four or five of us came in here every day mm-hmm. uh, and tried to figure out what to do. And so I think we did an adequate job of that. And uh, that went on for a couple months. And we began to bring the stores back, uh, depending on where they were located, in May. Mm-hmm. And uh, once Memorial Day ran, uh, came around late May, we had 70%, 70, 80%, something like that of the stores back. And we were, uh, of course, surprised how much business we did. We also instituted uh, online or, or, excuse me, virtual appointments, which are online appointments. Yeah. And uh, those began to drive a lot of business. And um, so we saw a changing dynamic in the stores. And like many others, since that time, uh, our business has absolutely uh, been on fire. And uh, I've been around this company and this business all my life and was talking to some fellows this morning down in Texas that I've known for a long time. And they were saying, you know, we haven't had product shortages since the 1970s, uh, but uh, that's what's going on now. So uh, it's been a, a wild ride, to say the least. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're kind of in a little bit of a perfect storm here. Uh, I heard one, one, one other, another person in the industry say it feels like, you know, the last 90 days we've done a year's worth of business. <laughs> and um, you know, we were, you know, we were looking at the um, your most recent report, and um, it looked. I think you said your August backlogs were oh gosh, where is it? Uh, two hundred and thirty some odd. I think you were talking yeah, two hundred twenty three percent ahead of last August, and um, you indicated that um, um, you're hoping to kind of work through some of that. You know, get you know, play play some catch up and. Kind of get caught up through um, August, excuse me, during October and November. Um, how is that coming along, uh, Rob? Um, you know the, the, you know this is a problem everybody's facing. Um, well, how's it going there with you? We we um, we uh, you know one of the big things uh, with again these, these are familiar themes throughout our industry as mm-hmm. I talk to people, but the. Uh, $600 a month uh, supplement to the state unemployment benefits that's promulgated by the CARES Act made it difficult to get people to come back to work for a while. And then once that went away, then we, we've been able to, to hire back. And right now, we are producing at Bassett's been around a long time. I don't want to say record levels, but in in recent times, uh, we we haven't produced any more furniture than we're producing right this minute. We are producing quite a bit of furniture. However, mm-hmm. our orders continue to come in at a rate in excess of what we are producing and shipping. And so uh, that backlog that... Uh, we alluded to in the press release at the end of the third quarter has actually grown mm-hmm. since that time. Uh, and we have many different 
uh, product categories at Bassett. So some are different than others, uh, but look, we stay in touch with our stores, with our consumers, with our licensees and our open market accounts. And um, we kind of know what we're doing and we know what everyone else is doing. And I think we're, we're doing reasonably well under the circumstances. The, the supply chain and waiting on uh, fabrics and not too long ago, foam and containers and all these things that I'm sure you're hearing about from others uh, has, has exacerbated the problem. Uh, and, you know, historically, our business has uh, really softened in the month of December. I'm not saying I hope it does, uh, but, but uh, it probably will. Mm-hmm. Unless this thing is completely screwy, and um, and we we'll, we think we'll catch up some then, but but we're shipping more, we're producing more uh, than we every every week we get better at all this, but the orders keep pouring in. So uh, there you have it. Yeah, one of the, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one of the things I was wondering about. Sorry, Tom. Uh, one of the things I was wondering about in. And one of the reasons I was excited about having you on is that you do have that perspective as both a retailer and a manufacturer. You have a lot of independent accounts, but you also have a very large store network. In your conversations with your retailers, do you have any sense of, of um, you know, consumer attitudes or, I guess, acceptance of delays? And it, it, are there any new ways that y'all are communicating um, with consumers to keep them apprised? Well, we sure do, and and uh, I would describe the first few months of, of this with the consumer um, as understanding and tolerant. Mm-hmm. I would say it is uh, less so today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're communicating on the web. We we uh, opened a call center uh, in Martinsville, Virginia, last year, and we've actually brought it in here. Mm-hmm. in various parts of the office, which we're consolidating and opening the, the call center uh, in all its glory uh, week after next here at, in the corporate office. So we are getting real-time feedback from this call center on uh, what consumers are saying. Our cancellation rate has increased. It, um, you know, It's not to the point where we're alarmed uh, necessarily, but we are experiencing more than we normally do and we don't like that but i think our folks have done i'm talking about not only the call center but the people the designers and the store managers out there in the field have done a nice job of staying in touch with people they know who the where the hot buttons are with the ones that are really uh, wanting their furniture we we've had a uh a program to uh communicate one way or another, uh, all the Thanksgiving deliveries. We have another one for the Christmas deliveries. We have stayed on top of all that and communicated all that every week. So I think we're doing a reasonable job at it. The, you know, the alternative for the consumer is not exactly uh, robust at the moment because the whole industry is in this pickle. So it's it's hard to go down the street and necessarily get what you want when you want it 
so that that's helping, I think. Uh, but uh, who 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 knew? Who foresaw? I mean, you know, if, if there's if there's any doubt that we're we're just a, a small part of the economy and the big megatrends uh, that go on in the world and consumerism, that uh, this is certainly, uh, I think, evidence that there are bigger forces out there than our price point or our style or all of this. And we, and we have caught something for the first time that I can remember in my lifetime that's uh, universally positive uh, for the end. We've caught a few negative ones, uh, but, uh, you know, I've, I've always told our guys that airlines, cruise ships, Disney World, that's our competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spend less on home furnishings as a percentage of uh, per capita income than any developed country in the world. And uh, we're all about traveling and experiences. And that has been curtailed. And uh, we are a powerful economy. And, and the residual effect of that, of course, is people are investing in their homes and whether it be refrigerators, electronics. Mm-hmm. furniture, whatever, home improvement. And you can see all the people who sell all that stuff are having a, a boon right now. So it's very interesting. It sure is. And um, I think one of the things that's also interesting about Bassett is um, in addition to having experience on both the um, the retail and the manufacturing side, you all have a, a blended strategy that includes imports and and domestic certainly on the upholstery side that kind of goes without saying um but more so too on the uh, on the case goods side we're seeing you know with your benchmade line um there's a custom dining line i believe still up in martinsville if i'm not mistaken um, that's right so um, Rob, are you seeing any more reliance or, or demand? I mean, I know you're growing your Benchmade lineup, and, and I think that's dining and, and occasional and bedroom, too, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. That, that's, that's exactly right, and, and some entertainment first. Okay. So are you seeing a heavier reliance or demand for that, given some of the you know, with the issue with container supply chain overseas, and then they're all trying to catch up, plus the increased cost of containers is making things a lot more challenging on the import side. So how is the domestic side of your business holding up? Well, uh, yes, the, an- the answer is yes, we are seeing more demand. Uh, you know, the uh, bitch made idea it's five or six years old now, six years old, I guess. Mm-hmm. We started production in January of 2015, and we really thought it was going to be a nice niche for us and an ode to our heritage. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was at a higher price point than we had historically sold furniture. But, uh, we were excited about it, but we it has uh, greatly surpassed our expectation, and it has continued to grow every year, both in our stores and in the open market since that time. And and so um, that that has been fantastic. But 
it has accelerated during this COVID period, part because, you know, in our stores, particularly, or even in the open market, I, th- I think everybody's got to have some kind of value proposition. And uh, we do well with a lot of imported product, but people just seem to gravitate or feel that our domestically made solid furniture uh, with all the marketing we put around it is something they want to buy. And uh, they are, so it becomes a bigger percentage uh, every every year of our of our overall wood assortment. Mm-hmm. Although there are things that we have to have in imports and we, we will continue to do, and that's important to us. But this COVID thing, uh, you know, once you close all the factories and the stores, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot to do around here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so we we had time, which we never seemed to have any time, to really do some analysis and thinking. And we have decided to take that Martinsville plant that you've talked about and turn that virtually into an all domestic plant as well. It, 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 we we brought in uh, componentry from Asia for years and and had good suppliers. But we, with a, a couple of small exceptions, we're, we're about to get out of the rubberwood business mm-hmm. and uh, even take that into and, and have it all under the moniker Benchmade. And so, and this will, we will, on a dining, a starting dining table in, in four chairs will, will be about 900 to a thousand dollars less retail than we are now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, We've worked very hard on this for the last, really since the 1st of April. And uh, we've also are going to add a, a whole collection of uh, upholstered dining chairs to go with it. Mm-hmm. And we've been working hard with Sunbrella to uh, put this program together. And so they've done a, a really neat uh, array of exclusive fabrics for us that we're going to have in multiple colorways to, because we are just selling a tremendous amount of upholstered dining chairs. So. Mm-hmm. All of that uh, just indicates how strong this this has become for us, and uh, we're we're very excited about it. And uh, we are actually producing the first wave of this stuff over there at the plant today, as we speak. We've been begin beginning to ship it to our stores for about the last ten days, and um, we'll we'll present it to the open market probably uh first of january so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big deal and it, it's going to be a bigger percentage of our of our story well you know it's funny uh, bruce Cohenauer was meant was mentioning that to me at market so i'm eager to get up there and, and make a visit to the facility and uh do an update you know for well, our- thank you for that we'd love to love to have you tom and uh we're we're as i say very excited about um uh, all of this. It's, it's, it's a big deal for us. Yeah, very good. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Trisha again for Klausner Home Furnishings. For my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now, let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. Rob, what you, you alluded to something a few minutes ago, you know, when you were talking about Martinsville and what you were doing there, um, how you know, when 
things kind of shut down for a while and you actually had some time to um, do some, you know, deep dive analysis of the business, um, you know, which resulted in some of the things you were talking about with Martinsville domestic operation. Were there any other aspects of the business that you kind of re-examined and maybe you're thinking about um, re-engineering, whether it's processes or products or, um, you know, what, what were some other thoughts that came out of that, I guess, Everybody had a little bit of time where they could do some naval gazing, I guess. Well, you're right. I, I, and we, you know, we have, as y'all have talked about, different uh, aspects of our business, wholesale, retail, upholstery, wood, et cetera. Uh, so we, we have done a lot of things uh, in that regard. I, I guess one of the biggest ones is, is really uh, reviewing our cost structure. Uh, and our headcounts. And so we furloughed a bunch of folks, uh, but how many designers do we really need to staff the uh, store? Um, you know, as we, we, there's no doubt that people are more knowledgeable when they come into our store about what we do, and they are specifically going to products that they've seen on the web and wanting to see them and transacting and getting out of there. Uh, so so the, the sales, the gestation period for the, the sale itself has compressed. And so we have, uh, we're operating the store with fewer designers who are doing quite well, I might add, uh, because we're doing more business with less folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the whole technology part of this and the clientele uh, element that we have with our uh, IT system and, and tracking the customer's engagement with us, whether it be mobily or uh, on the web or in the store, is, is really giving us a lot of insight. Uh, we have really been looking at our website, which uh, we're going to be replatforming over the next uh, 12 months. Um, so the integration of technology to the store, to the sales process, and, uh, you know, the way we engage with the customer and the amount of, uh, full-time equivalent employees that we need to do all this has really been, uh, analyzed during this, this period. And, uh, you know, that, that's all these investments in technology theoretically make you more efficient. And I think, we have been able to squeeze the juice out of this fruit a little more proactively during this last uh, five or six month period is is another major uh, aspect of having a little time to think about all these things I've been alluding to. Okay, well, thanks. Those are some great examples, Rob. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think um, all of us here could probably attest that you know, over the years, the furniture industry has kind of gotten a bad rap for, um, you know, uh, slowly or adapting to technology a lot slower than some other industries. But, you know, I've been impressed at during this period of COVID, how, how adept companies have been at the use of technology, you know, whether it's uh, Zoom meetings, um, or, you know, communications uh, of some sort, tech, you know, using technology. 
product development, virtual showroom tours. And, and Rob, you've all been probably a good example of how companies are incorporating technology and you've probably been doing it longer than, than maybe some people realize. Were there any aspect, how, how, how would you respond to, um, you know, the, how the company is, has used technology or adapted to, to technology during this period, have different, like, you know, different parts of the business played off each other, like retail and the, the wholesale or manufacturing side. I'm just kind of curious. Well, uh, you know, I think I touched on that a minute ago, but to expand a little bit, I, I guess uh, I would say one thing that prominently comes to mind is our advertising mm-hmm. uh, in in our retail advertising. And, you know, we, we have, uh, we haven't run a television ad since president's day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except on, uh, we had some contractual things that we were doing with HGTV on uh, national cable, as we have uh, been winding down that uh, 10-year relationship with them, which was great, and they're great folks. But uh, so we had some of that going on around Memorial Day and and in the summer, but everything else has been digital engagement or uh, streaming television uh, to uh, you know, Netflix and those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that that's a big one. And I think, you know, uh, we, we have uh, a meeting every week on uh, our web performance and, our web traffic, of course, and what what um, our strategies, how they're working, and we we have been driving a considerable amount of web traffic uh, as compared to last year, uh, this year, and and uh, that engagement is uh, precious, and uh, we have pretty big plans in that regard for next year. So that's been a big one. Um, certainly the virtual showroom thing, I, I think a lot of guys are doing that, but it, it has really helped our uh, reps and our merchandising teams. Uh, we've gotten that uh, not only in the high point showroom, but we have it for uh, two of our retail stores. Mm-hmm. And so as we do uh, floor sets and updates, uh, you know, we're, we're really, being able to see how things look and we know how they sell or don't sell. And uh, so that has been a, a big part of uh, what's been going on. And, and there, there's a long list of all this stuff. I mean, the, the, the investment we're making in technology is really going to uh, kind of lead the way for us over the next three years. Yeah. Well, well I, I, we don't have a whole ton of time left, but um, I was wondering, you know, Bassett has a pretty, as everyone knows, a pretty large logistics arm too. Um, you know, from from that point, from that perspective, what you're what you're observing with that operation, um, do you have any um, thoughts on how that 
um, how that's going to play out um, over the next quarter, next two quarters. Um, I was talking to some of the specialized carriers, and those guys are, along with everybody else, they're playing catch-up. Um, what, what, what do you think the outlook is there? I know there's some labor issues there, warehouse and drivers. But, um, well, it's, it's uh, of course, our business has been very good there, like, I guess everybody's, uh, we've had to pick and choose, uh, some accounts and this kind of thing. Uh, we, we have been able to, uh, attract the drivers, which we weren't being able to do, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we're in a much better shape there. I, I, I would say we have remote warehouses. We're in LA and we're in California. I mean, in uh, Texas and, um, uh, in the Carolinas, and we also have smaller warehouses in the Northeast and Florida and Indianapolis, et cetera. So we have a bunch of insight into the local uh, market. Certainly the proliferation of e-commerce has uh, put pressure on warehousing labor uh, like we've never seen. And it's uh, super uber competitive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've had to make some adjustment in our strategies uh, and, frankly, in our compensation strategies uh, to uh, retain and, and attract uh, the labor. And uh, it's something that I think we've we've made good progress on. But that that really was one of the biggest uh results of the, of the COVID crisis on the logistics side is just the hyper-competitiveness in these metropolitan areas. Uh, and when you're competing against Amazons and, the, and these kind of folks who are building warehouses like MAD uh, close to the population centers. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, you know, I, I, I think, um, in closing, I think we've all witnessed a real surprising year here, um, particularly in terms of the demand, and and obviously that continues at Bassett and in many other companies. Um, are there any? And in, in, I, I guess folks are hoping in the industry for this to continue as long as possible, um, but no one really knows for sure. Are there any other? I guess in closing, Rob, any other lessons learned that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, about this crisis and 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 how you've managed to kind of succeed in in spite of it. Well, I you know, listen. I I think we have been vigilant. And we have watched whatever whatever happens every day like a hawk, and we've made adjustments. So you've got to be nimble. And we've also had uh, outbreaks of COVID recently, and some of the stores and some of the factories. And so, so it's an ongoing uh, process to uh, do this. I think we have as much as possible tried to simplify uh, what we do every day uh, because you've, it really boils down to kind of the essence of your business and what's really important. So we've tried to identify that and do the core things that make Bassett work, uh, do those well. And other things that we may have thought were very important a year ago, maybe really weren't that important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, a lot of that was 
intended to drive business because we were fighting our butts off to try to drive business. And right now we got a lot of business. So uh, it's kind of been refreshing. And uh, but keeping that in mind, I think going forward is uh, something that we need to do. Well, very good. Very good. Um, We've been listening, uh, having a conversation here with Rob Spillman, chairman and CEO of Bassett Furniture Industries. Rob, again, thank you so much for taking time to be part of our Homefront podcast. We enjoyed our conversation and wish you the best going forward and, and, and are eager to hear more as we uh, continue. Very well, happy uh, Thanksgiving to you. Well, first of all, thank you guys for your interest in Bassett and, and having us on. And I wish both of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. See y'all. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.